I've never used this analogy when it came to this show, but there is no better time than now. This is like aged wine, you guys. The Fit and Faith podcast is blowing my mind sweeter, richer, bolder with time. And it's because of the connections. It's because of people like TM Hyman, today's guest, who is truly bringing power and perspective in a way you've probably never seen tasted or heard unless you've been alongside the one and only HS Holy Spirit. That's right. He is a brother from my own mother. Is that weird to call God a mother? Well, we talk about this anyway, about the different character traits of God. So it rhymes and it works. And I'm so honored to introduce you to him. If you haven't already been connected with him at either the Grow for God conference, there's another one coming up. Don't you forget to get those tickets. Or at Breakfast with Champions, whether it was an event in person or online, you know on Clubhouse, we are hanging out with the finest of wines. And today... Today, we talk about legacy and lineage. We talk about business, faith, and leadership, and how faith in the middle has purpose, if you allow it to, and so much of the rich history behind who he is and how he shows up in the world for you today. Make sure you follow him on Instagram, on Clubhouse, TM Hyman, in the house. Thank you, brother, for showing up in the way and the grace and the swag that you do. This combo is lit. Let's go. Yoo-hoo! Yeah, that was off the cuff. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. the house with the one and only TM Hyman. You guys are in for a treat. I get blown away by this brother every single morning in Clubhouse alongside the Breakfast with Champions that you know and love and I've been hearing about on this podcast for the last year. But my favorite part about that is that there are brothers and sisters in that space who are just glorifying the name of Jesus, who are showing up in their strength and in their power. And he's one of them. And so I am honored to introduce this entrepreneur, coach, all the things, but ultimately just friend and brother in Christ. Hey, TM. Oh, man. Um, I do hear just a, a tad bit of feedback, but I think we can get through this. Man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is a this is a pleasure, a pleasure and an honor. And um, you are pulling me out of my comfort zone. I have done uh, quite a few things, right? Um, I've been in media for a long time, but this is what I envision for the next level um, of the social lab. We're live uh, with the social lab right now on Clubhouse. 
it's been an audio show for a long time. You are the first, and I just did my first wisdom interview this morning. Um, so that was my first this morning, but this is the first time that I have ever done anything like this. And I realized that we're streaming across multiple platforms, right? That's in my lane. That's called like omni-channel. You've got like an omni-channel oh, thing cracking, right? And that's like so lit. Thank you for having me. <laughs> hey, it's my pleasure. And two, two news in one day, 2022 is looking mighty fine for you, friend. And I think that's the coolest thing about stuff like this, right? I was saying before when I was in a room that I accidentally closed that I started in regards to this clubhouse. <laughs> is, you know, it's progress over perfection. And you've heard this yes. before. Yes. And I actually um, shared this in my book that I published earlier. Well, I say earlier this year, I got to say that last fall, last year now, 2021. And it says, um, it says progression over perfection, right? But it's, it's progression makes perfect progression. And the intent of that is to know that it's not anything about the seeking of perfection, because I've been stuck in that cycle. Uh, in the past. And I know that that is not the, that's not the place that God wants us to be. He wants us only seeking out after his perfection yes. and to knowing that by action, we actually get to execute. And that's totally what he wants us to do. That's how he healed so many people. Um, when he walked the earth, Jesus here on earth, but also yes. just the understanding of execution in every component of life, right? Is it's, is activation. You're so deep. You're just, you're so deep. <laughs> I'm not trying to show off depth or anything, but I can flex. I'll flex with you. Yes, you can. I've, I've witnessed it. I witnessed it. You did. You did on the runway. But TM, this isn't about, it's not about the tech. It's not about the new factor. It's about you and being able to really unpack and showcase to people who you are. Um, maybe some of the layers that you don't often share either in the social lab on that decade old, by the way, decade old podcast. I'm amazed by that because I celebrate my little measly at this point going on four years. Um, but that's incredible. But the video piece yeah. is a whole nother element. But let's talk it about really the is. testimony that leads you and led you to this place, but leads you into this moment. Wow. You know, there's so many, you know, that there are so many, I think, you know, testimonies that, that I have, I can reflect on people, right. Who have helped um, me in so many ways. I'm from a large family. Um, I'm, I'm the oldest of six. So I've always had and um, have always upheld a certain level of accountability, responsibility, right, as the oldest. Um, but I'm also uh, from a large family in the sense that my mom was like one of nine and she's a twin. Oh, right, right there nice. out of Hampton Roads where you reside, right, Virginia. Um, raised right there, right, Norfolk. And um, we were kind of like our own support system. And so when, when it comes to support and, and things like that, right, I've always had a lot of support. Um, I was sharing earlier on wisdom um, to the point that I probably um, was, I, I, I'm not sure if I actually shared that on wisdom, but um, at some point recently I had a conversation about feeling sheltered or being sheltered because of that, right? But my, my family were my friends and family. 
So I think um, there was a reality factor when you started to grow up and get out and experience life. You realize life wasn't as peachy, right? <laughs> you you get into things, you find out, and through experience, I think um, it has led me. One thing led to another. One thing led to another. Right? Good, bad, um, lessons learned. Right? Failures. Um, one thing led to another. But I think for me, um, communications, audio, video. Uh, communications, mass media, mass communications has always been my thing. Radio. I started off in radio as a as a teenager. Um, you know, 103 Jams right there where you are. Yeah, right? come on. W-O-W-I, awesome. right? That, that's where <laughs> yeah. I literally started, like my that's first job in Tamara. I lied to get it, right? I lied mm-hmm. to get it. I would probably describe myself today looking back probably as like a, a black Ferris Bueller. That's how, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 40 plus, right? So some people are like, who the heck is Ferris Bueller? For Not those me. who know, for those who know, right? <laughs> That's brilliant. I've never heard that analogy and it's you now know, forever yours. <laughs> it is so true because I can think, I was very clever as a kid, right? Um, you know, I'm from, you know, a community where, you know, you, you have to work hard for what you want. Um, if you're going to be successful, right, uh, work ethic, um, education, right, um, that stick to witness, extremely important. You know, I had the pleasure of being um, raised by entrepreneurs, both my parents, my mother, my father, even my grandparents on both sides. All of them were entrepreneurs. Wow. Like, That's rare. Very rare. Yeah. Right? But, 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 but not so much, believe it or not, because I think in the African-American community, um, we often get creative to survive. And, and what do you what do you do? You know, you uh, and I honor you for this. You promote an African-American designer and you wear her clothes. Right. That I can guarantee you, uh, you know, yes, yeah, she had a vision. You know, yes, yeah, she had aspirations and dreams. But I can guarantee you that came out of some type of need. Right. I can guarantee yeah, you that good. that that came out of some type of way to underwrite cost and apply her skills. Right. And we figured out how to monetize it. Right. And so I can only speak of African-American culture because that's what I know the most of. But thank God. Right. Um, that I'm able to, you know, reach across the aisle to to folks like yourself. Right. Um, because it takes people that don't look like you to really get a big picture, to understand what's really happening in the world, right? Yeah, that's so good. And I feel like that's where that, like, vice versa comes yeah. into play, right? Yeah. Where yeah, it, yeah. it's just, it's humbling, it's honoring, it's glorifying, it's showcasing, you know, the different journeys and the different trials um, they actually just, I think, fully create the the different lens and the different character traits, the different faces, um, the different needs that God has come and fulfilled for different people, whether it's ethnicities, whether it's gender, uh, whether it's, um, you know, religious groups, even it's the knowing that we've had to lean on God for different things. And it was in our own strength, in our own creativity um, that we fell. 
because anytime God was creative and utilize our gifts and talents to serve, we were able to amplify and glorify. But you know, we get it wrong. I, I surely got it wrong. And I talk about <laughs> all the time. And I was like, I did this awesome thing. I, 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 and the rug was slept up, up under me. And the great I am was like, no, I, my sweet daughter, I love you, but not That's so, right. not so much. And so I think what's really neat about that one, that you're in my backyard, so I can't wait to share it with some of my friends who are here and your family still being in this area, right? Yes. Is the knowing that really, and when you said this, it kind of triggered a thought around entrepreneurship. My mom and I were talking the other day in the kitchen. She's like, don't you just wish that like money didn't exist? And I was like, well, it doesn't. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, money doesn't really exist. It's fictitious. I said, the only reason that money is there is to help people understand valuation. Mm -hmm. However, bartering and trading was entrepreneurship so long ago. And if we just look through that lens, when I ask, especially with you as a coach, I'm I'm bartering your expertise for my service, whatever that be. I'm going to give you a trim up right on that nice beard of yours, or I'm going to give you clothes or whatever that be. If we can lend ourselves back into that mentality and get rid of the fact that money is, you you know, a lot of people, the root of all evil, we know that's not the scripture, but money is a bad thing. Uh, it really would help amplify, I think, society and ethnic divide. I think it would yeah. help us and, and bring us closer if we were actually lend ourselves to the barter concept. No, oh, I agree. I agree. And when you say barter, like that, that word resonates with me so well, because my grandfather, um, that was, you know, his, his thing. You know, he was a community leader. Right. I mean, he was a very. Um, spiritual uh, individual, but to, to raise like nine kids and for all of them to have uh, graduated from high school, right? Um, all gone on to be successful. Um, his oldest son, my uncle, uh, my mother's uh, brother, right? Passed away last year, April from COVID. Uh, very successful, healthy. Um, but, you know, that was the first like link broken of nine children and my grandparents have gone on to be with with god right um but they were still here and that's amazing um you know not in jail right not not on drugs um not dead nine right unbelievable i stand corrected because yeah. i say nine but they had nine but one passed away as a, as a child, as a, as a mm. baby. Mm. So it was eight, right? Yeah. That we're here, but to have eight, right? Still healthy, um, wealthy off of your teaching, your legacy, that that is to me success. And, and that's what I strive for. But I think, you know, it, it's all about the foundation. It's all about the principles. You, you, you know about principles. Um, you know, you teach them, you know, I, I know about them. Um, I've even rejected them at times. Right? Me too, like, because for I sure. want to do what I want to do. Right? <laughs> yeah, but the for good sure. thing about it, the good thing about it is that when it's in you, it's in you, right? And and you always have to come back. Either what I learned is that you can either, you know, come on your own, you know, or you can be driven by turmoil. 
Yeah, yeah. The one way so or the other. You're, you're either getting the father who's like pulling the ear <laughs> or you're getting the ring in the robe prodigal, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's not it's not to say that any way is wrong or right. I honestly yeah. don't think that it is. I think ultimately no different than a, a mother or father would have over their natural born. Yeah. They just want to sit with them and, and love on them and hug on them and know all the details and not That's have true. them worried and running and going down a path that's dangerous to them. Um, And so I I feel like your story in parallel to that is massively different than a lot of uh, people that are shared in that ethnicity who are shared in the space. And I have heard of losing their sibling because of of suicide or losing them because of gunshot or losing them to prison or losing them to drugs or all these things. And there's, I've got plenty of white friends who have done all those same things currently and then. Um, so it's not even a, a gap in that regard, but it's the knowing that it is more common or less common. There was a differentiator. Yeah. You know, th- there was a differentiator. And I'll tell you, it was, it, it, it's generational because, you know, the interesting thing is amongst my parents, right? Uh, and, you know, my grandparents, how they raised their children distinctly different, right? From how we have raised and how we're raising our children the last, you know, few decades, right? Even myself and how I was raised, right? I mean, I I had technology uniquely different from how, you know, my mother and father were raised, right? And so I think even today, as our, our kids are even more advanced and they're becoming even more advanced, right? We lose things with the advancements, of course, right? Like how to use a pencil. Yeah, so true right. and so crazy. You're right. You're right. So like, right. Like write a letter. If you ask <laughs> the average kid to write a letter, you know, that letter, it, the letters are going to be used in text. Right? And yeah. so just different concepts. And, and I think, you know, the spirituality was the differentiator. Right? Um, discipline. Um, there, there was a concept of when my parents were being raised, and I think even a little bit for, I can remember younger, but it kind of went away. And it's, you have to be home by the time the light comes on. Yes, for sure. Right? So like, true. That concept of be home by the time the street lights come on is like, what? Yeah. You're like, what do you mean? You're crazy. No way. Yeah. And, and literally, kids are saying those types of things to their children or to their parents, and it... I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have gotten my mouth washed out with soap at that point, right? <laughs> like, boy, you better you better yeah. step back. I'm stepping yeah. to you. So it's the principles, it's the concept, right? It's the roadmap. It, it's the it's the guide. It's the guidance that makes the difference. And I think we've seen it, um, you know. And when it doesn't exist, we've seen it, and it happens. But I think. Um, there's no perfect way because I can tell you that even in the midst of, um, you know, kids who are still alive and may not be in prison today doesn't mean that they haven't been to, to jail. Right. That's doesn't so mean true. that, you know, I'll mm-hmm. tell you, I, I lost a cousin. I, I lost a cousin very young um, in a robbery. Right. Um, you know, drug situation straight up. Right. If you're going to tell, uh, the good tell it all, right? Yeah. This was a drug situation. And um, in the midst of the robbery, um, he was shot and killed and his brother was left, right? To to have to then deal with it. 
And, you know, there's been tons of trauma, of course, that comes along with it. So, yeah, right? I mean, I'm not trying to paint a picture um, of anything that's not realistic. But what I'm saying is in the midst, right? Um, in the midst, good, bad, indifferent, the differentiator it, it is the guy upstairs, right? So powerful. <laughs> it's so powerful and it's so true. And yeah. the separation of, and separation comes in every realm, right? Political, yeah. all these things, educational concepts, all of it. And to know that like the great bridge right? The great bridge is his spirit. And that is his ability to have us connect. And I think that as I'm hearing you talk and, and, and hearing your, your journey, I'm curious as you go into like serving other people and helping them recognize these areas that have been such um, just maneuverable parts of who you are, how do you like take all of those trainings, right? Well, you wouldn't probably call them trainings at the time. You would call them (laughs) trials and tribulations and this sucks, right? The the hard parts, the lesson, the yeah, fail yeah. forward moments. Yeah. How do you kit that? How do you put it in from like a service perspective and actually train up others or disciple others? You know, my, my grandfather was a great example for me. I'm telling you, like so influential in my life. Um I had I had such a relationship um with him that it probably wasn't until a couple of years ago that I could not speak of him and not like weep, right? And if I talk too long, I might start weeping right during this podcast. So that's like a, a disclaimer. Okay? <laughs> I love it. Hey, this he, is a tear-free He was zone. so freaking inspirational, right? Um, ultimately, he he ended up losing both of his legs in my lifetime, okay? But he drove a Cadillac. So, you know, nothing to feel sorry for. Listen, he was still swagged out. He had no legs, but he was swagged out. Like, go figure. Listen, Um, at some point I asked myself, would I want to live? I literally asked myself this as as a teenager. I remember it as clear as day. Um, and, And over time, right, because I think there was sympathy, right? Like, like, how could he was so energetic, so helpful. But the thing about it was he never stopped moving. He never stopped moving. He had no legs, but he would pick people up from and take them to the grocery store because they didn't have transportation. Um, He would take them to the doctor's office because they couldn't get to the doctor's office. Um, He had eight kids of his own and like 30 grandchildren, (laughs) right? He had a wife to take care of, of, of his own. But he was he, he was always um, serving, right? And so that that heart, he was a a Christ like man with the Christ like spirit, and he demonstrated service, right? So that question of what I want to live if I had no legs, yes, I would because I was shown how to do it, right? Um, in such a gracious way, in such a faithful way, um, and in such like with no pity. He was not a victim. Please don't pity me. God is still good, even with no legs, because like I got arms and I got a Cadillac. 
<laughs> he had it pimped out. He, he had it. Yes. It was crazy. It was, it was crazy, right? I love that so much. That's so awesome. I want to see a picture of him and just, it's already in, imprinted on I'm my heart. To, but I'm I think, going to send you a picture. Please. I'm going to send you a picture. So good. And in what an example, because you mentioned it earlier about people creating their own jails or creating their own prisons inside of their circumstances, yeah. right? And I think when you look to the world in um, the secular concept of culture, that's what a lot of people are doing. And, and honestly, even though they use taglines like anxiety or depression or overwhelm or fear or limiting beliefs or any of these things, that's ultimately in, in the hard knocks school, that's just called you're in prison. You even braced yourself in a jail and you're, you actually have your own keys. You have, you've seen that um, meme where there's the bird in the bird cage and the door is wide open and yet they still think that they're entrapped. Still, still in prison, straight up. I still find it wild to say out loud that I'm a two-time best-selling author and have three published books and more to come in the next year feel surreal and yet exactly where I thought I'd be. When I started this podcasting journey, Fit and Faith was a way to share my story, but I knew it had to be documented differently. In the process of my writing the entire story, I shared just one aspect in a women's devotional book called She Writes for Him, Stories of Resilient Faith. I talked about my shame story and the testimonies that came from that one chapter was the affirmation I needed to keep pursuing the whole story. The Bear All book that released last fall called Always Becoming, Sex, Shame, and Love. Gracie, I know. And not what you think you probably hear on a Christian podcast, but y'all, we have to start talking about the real things, the real conversations. It's no different than this podcast where we talk about the real things. It's the deep stuff, it's the true stuff that matters. And while talking about business is awesome, and what I show up to do on a daily as a kingdom entrepreneur and business coach, it's only a fraction of the story. My second bestseller was released right after this personal development book as a business resource. It's called The Female Entrepreneur's Playbook and features 20 plus women gifting you their blueprints. All three of these books make up the most perfect bundle for the fellow female faith-driven world changer. That's you, I bet. So you can go to my site right now and get signed copies of all three. TamaraAndress.com. Yes, make sure you spell Tamara right. T-A-M-R-A. It's boring and exciting all at the same time because I stand out. TamaraAndress.com. Click on the book and get yours today. Three, all in one bundle. It's going to change your life because, well, it is mine. So let's be world changers together. And so how, how do you break free? How do you get them to go from the mentality of I've lost my legs and I cannot move. I am now bedridden to I'm going to drive that Cadillac, baby. You know, um, you have to inspire people like where they are. Um, I think at the end of the day, you have to help people to remember. Often we forget. We forget like how many times he's brought us out of situations that we did not deserve to come out of, right? Um, if he did it before, he could do it again, right? If if we're still here, um, it's like uh, you know, m- my team. I-, I lead large sales teams, right? And you know, 
outbound specifically is a very difficult thing to do outbound. But I say, if the customer is still on the line, they're waiting for the value. So good. You called me, you interrupted my day, right? If I don't dunk on you, if I don't hang up immediately, I'm waiting for you to tell me something good. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> right? It, it, and so if you don't have it, get off the line. But we're still here because there's still something good right? Wow. that God is trying to do. And if you could just remind people, right, if he did it before, he could do it again. But you got to believe right now. Listen, now, if you want to give up, now, I don't want to see you go. But I can't wrestle with you about you living now. I want you to live. But you got to live more than I want you to live now if you really going to live now, Tamara. I'm just help, trying to help all the coaches in America yeah, who are being stressed out by people who really <laughs> don't want to do it, but they want to suck the energy out of button. Listen. Golly, that's the truth. I digress. <laughs> that is, I'm like, oh, man. You said that last line, and, and, and I won't say the names, but I see the faces, right? <laughs> Because all of us have that. And it could be not in the coaching community. It could be um, in your family, right? Yeah. It could be in, in such relationship yeah. that, you know, you, you need to position yourself in proximity to the people who are life givers, not life drainers. Sure. And we right. as coaches have a choice in that matter. And yet we think we don't because it goes back to what I said earlier about money. We think that the money makes us have to do something. Yeah. Money is not real. Yeah. And therefore you have choice associated to that. You have free will associated to that. And I can assure you, Jesus ain't getting into bed with people who are going to take away anything, right? He, in, he intended for intimacy on, and I'm, it sounds like I'm talking sex over here, not intentionally, but we can, and we can have that conversation too, because nine babies and all the grandchildren thereafter <laughs> But this is where healthy relationships come into play is because we first have a healthy relationship with ourselves to be able to unlock that prison and invite people in. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. It starts with that healthy relationship with yourself. Yeah. And I feel like literally since I met you, TM, I feel like you have this sense of power about you and yet it's, um, it's in such peace which is a rare combination, I think. And and would you say that too? It really stemmed from your grandparents, from from that principle raising, and in what areas of that? Because they're obviously fruit. It's fruit. Peace is a fruit of the spirit. It is a wealth factor. It is a prosperity. It says, "Look at the fruit of the man, and you will know that they, they have been with me." Talk to us through how do how can we have more peace? Lord knows, twenty twenty two pandemic, all that stuff. We need it. You know, uh, you have to seek it. You 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 have to want it. Um, I have found myself um, in situations where I was so anxious, so rattled on the inside, right? Um, by life, whether it's business, personal relationships, uh, the loss of a loved one. Um, you know, I can really think of like the loss of my grandparents that, that sent me into a tailspin and I needed some peace after that. Right. 
um, peace that surpasses all understanding, right? Um, it is what we really um, should stay focused on. Life is hard. And, and life will beat you down. And, and so for me, um, the peace absolutely comes from our relationship um, with Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, okay? Um, Yahweh, uh, Jehovah, whoever he is to you. Um, I'll even go a step further for, because I realize this is a broad audience and, and say the universe, right? Um, whatever, however, life is hard. And even if it's the doorknob or a cabbage head, whatever resonates with you, you should be seeking something outside of yourself. <laughs> so good. Hey, cabbage head will give you some life too. <laughs> Listen, I remember the cabbage patch kids. They made us happy. Listen, whatever works for you. Well, we got Ferris Bueller. <laughs> we got grandpa, legless grandpa in a Cadillac, and we got Listen, cabbage cabbage patch very, kids. Very cultured, my friend. Very cultured. And <laughs> and and you know, you have to stay relevant, Tamara. Um I think Going back to the, the peace thing, I've never felt the need to try to keep up with other people. Mm -hmm. uh, most of our stress comes from Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and Clubhouse circa 2021. <laughs> Clubhouse, Clubhouse, right? It's the pressure we feel to keep up with people. And it's, it's so humanistic, right? We try to blame others, but we it, it, listen, it's not others because we're responsible for what we allow in our ear gates and how we process it, right? Um, peace is about knowing who you are and knowing that God is in control at all times. He owns everything. God owns everything. God owns Clubhouse. God owns Instagram. Listen, God owns Facebook, right? God owns it all. And, and when you really understand that everything we have, we own, it could be taken away immediately. It could be burnt up in a fire like we've seen it. Christmas Day, Norfolk, Virginia, on my way to Starbucks because it was open. <laughs> of course. <laughs> a, a, a house was burning down. Hmm. People standing outside in their bathroom clothes mm. right as i prayed for these people driving past um christmas day it can all be given it can all be taken away right and and it all belongs to god so that peace um when you've had some things and you've had it taken away right It helps you to understand that it's it's all God's, and you have to be good a good steward, but not of just things of of your life, right? Of your life, and I think foundationally, I I, I got that education, I got the gift of Christ as a kid, 
I got the gift of Christ as a kid. And I'm telling you, like, I was a kid whose mother, one Christmas, literally said, I have a gift. Now, I don't know if you're going to like this gift because I probably wanted a Casio keyboard or something. I love her already. No, I did not love her that Christmas. Okay, I remember it, Tamara. I did not love her that Christmas. Oh my God, this is awesome. The gift of Christ as a kid. Are you serious? <laughs> I, I know what I'm giving my kids for 2022. It's done and I'm blaming you when they come after me. Listen, it, it changed my life, right? Yeah. Because she didn't back off of it. She didn't back off of it. And, and looking at it in retrospect, right? This is probably one of those tight Christmases, right? And so um, sure. I can tell you, I never had a Christmas that wasn't a good Christmas. I just remember Christmases. I didn't get what I wanted. It's like, Santa, like, don't ever come back here again. <laughs> this is what you're going to do to me. Just don't ever come back. <laughs> so good. That's amazing. Right when you said it, I'm like, yes, she is my hero. She is. And, you know, we talk about this. We we say it even uh, as as a couple as a married couple as a as a home that we give the gift of experiences and i went from the transition of um christmases that were very gift oriented i remember literally like crying in the mashed potatoes one year that i was whipping because i didn't get what i wanted and how terrible is that how self-serving is that so how I so mean, bad. seriously, and then you get to be on Breakfast of Champions on Christmas Eve, and you see these kids just abundantly blessed by the fact that they're getting a bed, that oh they don't gosh. have to sleep on a muddy ground their whole That's life. So powerful. I was blown away. And so if we can do this to give the gift of Christ, yes. that's what we did from very, very far away away yes. with something, money, that wasn't real but became a barter for joy. I'll give it all away. Give it all away for that exchange. And that's what your mom did. She gave away her pride probably in some regard, not the pride of Jesus, but the pride of what you think of her in that season or we're the identity of Santa. We still talk about it. I still, okay. we still Talk about it and crack up laughing. <laughs> you understand, like crack up laughing. It changed. It changed my life. Um, How old were you? How old were you when she did that? Oh man, I, I, seven. Yeah, it's a good, that's, I'm thinking my kids are seven and eight. I'm like, this is like, yeah. <laughs> like, and and it, it was an interesting shift because it, it you know one like a religious family. Remember. So understanding that, you know, listen, Terrence, it's not your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> your, your birthday is in so March. So good. <laughs> True. Right? So, you know, there was some education along with, you know, the whole, you know, Christian celebration um, piece of it, along with just the tokens of appreciation, the recognition. But I think early on, right, um, it was a, it was a, it was very important for us to understand as kids, I think, in my family, that one, it's it's about the birth of Christ, first and foremost. It's not about the commercialism um, of this thing. And, and it was also about don't be expecting too much because we broke around here. <laughs> um, 
as it relates to frugal things, understand, I mean, these are entrepreneurs. So what they had in place was, was very good work ethic and principles, right? If you don't work, you don't eat, right? So you have to do chores on Saturday. We, we were able to earn allowances, right? So for the things that we did, like going to school, like if you get certain grades, you get, you know, the allowances, um, you did your chores, you, you get what you need, and then you spend your money, right? If you want the, 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 the Jordans or you want whatever, well, how much do you have? They were even nice enough to even match a fund sometimes. Right? All right, yeah. You know, but I think it was always about accountability and responsibility. My mom was big on count up the cost. She used that phrase all the time to the point where, you know how your kids do look back sometimes like, <laughs> it's like, how many times can you possibly say one thing? Like, count up the cost. But you would hear that thing in in your head when you needed to hear it. That's when right. you were about to make the crazy decision, right? That's right. You would hear, count up the cost. Come so. On. You know, I mean, some things you just can't escape. But the Bible says if you raise up a child in the way that they should go, they will not depart from it, right? Mm-hmm. Won't part from it. And so, you know, to today I still just call her up and say, thank you. You know, thank you. I would not be the, the business leader I am. I wouldn't be able to pour into uh, people the way I do, right? Um, w- without the heroes in my life. And my grandfather was a hero, right? And and my parents are heroes. Um, I've told some some personal stories, right? Just about things that I know, um, you know, about my life and, and decisions that I think all of us may think about, may experience. And, and I think maybe we feel some kind of way about it, right? Based on our experiences. But that happened then, right? And it was the right reason, right answer then, for whoever they are, right? Whether your mother, your father, your uncle, your grandparents, like it was the right thing then. If you ask those people the same question today, they would probably not answer the same way today, right? Yeah, but that, that's that evolution, right? Of that's knowledge, grace. that's grace. wisdom, grace for certain. Thank God I'm not who I was then when I thought that way or acted that way. (laughs) Thank God I have more wisdom and those nuggets that my mom didn't plant and my dad didn't plant have now started to come through me as a mama when I'm saying the thing to my children. And I'm like, oh, now I understand. Now I get why they did that. Now I understand why they were so hard on me. But boy, do we go in our own ways for a while. Yeah, it makes a difference, man. I mean, we have to walk our own path, create our own experiences. Experience is the best teacher for sure. But what I learned, um, because I had, you know, several aunts and uncles, I I paid attention to their relationships. I paid attention to their business practices. I paid attention to what worked uh, in business for my parents, what did not work in business for my parents. And I tried to understand why. Right. I was a, a very curious kid. I'm sure I got on a lot of people's nerves because I asked <laughs> a lot of questions like, why? You know, you want to go, go go sit down. Why? Right? 
<laughs> I love you. I love your mom. I love your grandpa. I'm going to get dinner with her soon. And <laughs> right. And so, you know, curiosity, you know, that is, isn't always a good thing because it can come off as sarcasm sometimes. You know, you talk too much, like you ask too many questions like I was that kid. Um, but oh my God, you know, um, I'm so glad that that it, it was all because of my mom. Like she there are no crazy questions. Never let anyone, you know, make you feel crazy about asking a question. That she was serious about that. Like that was something almost like to count up the cost. Like how yeah, often, so how many times are you gonna tell me that? So and, good. And so but but what that was, uh Tamara, was her feeling like people muzzled her. Mm, so true. So true. And because going back to I me, mean, most of what we experience is about our childhood, right? I mean, things yeah. we experience, even as adults, we're still dealing with things. We are who we are because of somebody says something when you was four years old. <laughs> it's a shame that it's true. Yeah, yeah. And so it was important for her, um, for me to use my voice. And I think along the way, um, I learned that people didn't necessarily like it. People didn't, people didn't always want to hear your voice. People doesn't always want it. They don't always want to hear our voices, yeah. right? Specifically yeah. when it, it goes against principle, perspective, opinions, what's popular, specifically yeah. what's popular. Good, go. Right? right? But you have to be able to stand for, stand up for what you believe in. And I think it's hard to stand up for what you believe in when foundationally, you don't really have anything to stand on. Mm, right? Right. So Christ, right? Christ is that, that foundational um, thing for me, right? I mean, you, you know, I hear I, I, all the time I talk about it, business, faith, and leadership. Yeah. Right. Business, faith, and leadership. The faith piece is important and it's in the middle because it connects the business and the leadership, right? Um, it just helps me staying in a Christ-like mind, right? It helps me to not curse people out when I want to go flat, straight, bananas. <laughs> like, yeah, breakfast champions may not believe that I have a potty mouth. It's called <laughs> discipline. It's called discipline. Obedience, discipline, principle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pr more, more so principles, right? And, and so the principles allow you to apply the discipline to muzzle yourself, mm, right? Wow. You know, I, I, I'm in the shadows a lot and, and I don't, I'm not always in agreement with, you know, some of the things that I see, that I hear. Um, you know, yeah. I love Glenn Lundy to death. Listen, I will fight somebody for Glenn Lundy. And if you haven't realized, right, I'm consistent. I support him. Um, may not always agree, right? But what I, what, what I respect um, is his leadership and what he's created. And so, you know, I even called him one day and I was like, Glenn, I had to, I had to halt myself. Right. Because when I hear somebody talking crazy, it's like, Tamara, <laughs> coming after you in Jesus name. No, listen, I'll use this one. This one hey, in Jesus name. He was a fiery man too. You know, he comes in with a vengeance if he has to, he wrecked the shop in the temple for a reason. He's you know, got to make a statement. That's the thing we have to understand, it's called balance, right? Yeah. Um, you are as sweet as they come, right? I mean, that that's what you exude. 
um, you are absolutely a God-fearing woman. That's what you exude. But I would hate for someone to think that just because you carry Christ on your sleeve, that they can take you as a pushover. Mm. That's a word, I, right? There. I would challenge you to consider. <laughs> Because people get it confused, right? Yeah, 100%. And and I think there are people who are solid in their Christianity, um, and they think that, you know, it's okay to be a doormat. And and for that, um, I say, you know, come hang out with me. (laughs) Yeah, come on, brother. You know, because you need examples. And and you are an example um, of how to do it. Right. Of how to do it. And, and I'll tell you, I, I so thank and appreciate you and your husband. Um, guys, we were in Lexington, Kentucky, and I had the pleasure <laughs> of worshiping with these guys for two days. But one after one of the events, I had the, the honor of going to dinner with Tamara and her husband. We had dinner in a bank vault. <laughs> we did. That, I'm telling you, that's prophetic for our, our future. <laughs> we had dinner in a bank vault. It was Chinese. It was sushi. It was bomb, right? Um, There were maybe 10 to 12, maybe, people at the table. I hope there was 12. I need to do the count on that. I mean, there may have been. 12 in the bank vault. There may may have been. There were definitely more than us. There were other guests, right? Sure. And these people are so gracious, Tamara and her husband, so gracious after uh, feeding us in a bank vault. They just slipped out the side door, paid the bill, and nobody knew the bill had been paid, right? Just just how she rolls. That's how she rolls. And in my mind, I need to roll with her more. <laughs> hey, you'll get your sushi in a bank vault more often. <laughs> but just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've thanked you before, but just thank you again for the experience that was just amazing and even reflecting right now, right? Dinner in a bank vault. How lit is that? (laughs) I'm glad you brought that back into memory because it was. It was special. And it was mostly with a room full of acquaintances, right? We had some of our family, family friends there that we've known for a long time. But then there was, you know, people that we barely knew. And yet it's not about that, right? Like Jesus always fed people when he was around. And while he was fed, his role with to feed is ultimately what he wants to do every single time we come to be with him. And whether that's in your belly or in your mind or in your ears or in your eyeballs, he's got something for you. And so that's the, just the way that we can show love. It's a way that we can feed people even when we're not talking. And, um, I remember it's just fake. It's all fake, but love isn't fake. It's true. And that's the motive. That's the motive. Absolutely. So So it was an honor. And I mean, we can keep talking y'all. We can keep talking. And I've so enjoyed this conversation. I think TM, when I, I, I have a growth perspective of you in the sense of even with that word that I utilized before that, like peaceful power that you carry, it's, it's going to continue to expand. Like I literally have this prophetic uh, vision of you right now 
in, in the fact that when you walk into a room and you allow the Holy Spirit to be the presence in which precedes you, you're going to actually get into situations, rooms, conversations, relationships, contracts, uh, and experiences that you couldn't with your own physical being weave into. But God is making a way through his spirit and through the way that you show up. And so I'm excited to see that. And I want to make, I want to push people out the way and be like, TM, let's go. Thank you. Thank you. I received that. I received that. And, um, you know, that, that, that's such a timely, um, share from you and, and, and what, you know, you are envisioning right now, the download that God has given you. I, I needed to hear that, right? Because, you know, many are called, few are chosen, right? And and I think those of us who are chosen, uh, we get tired. We get tired, right? But thank God for um the, the the fresh you know winds that you know he sends our way right that that reminds us that uh refreshes us right and, and i think that um that pushes us <laughs> amen right amen. and so you know to you i i say you know the same right continue to allow this platform to catapult you and your vision because your vision is clear Right. And and this I'm telling you, this is so lit. It's like I'm watching a TV show. Um, You're on it. <laughs> and and but I'm on it. That that's the that's the cool part, right? And so oh, I yeah. think this is a sign of what twenty twenty two has to bring and um also relationships, right? Collaborations, partnerships. This is a man, this is a confirmation, right, for the power of partnerships. I'm looking forward to it. In for it, brother. You call me up anytime. I am yours for the for the service at any point, brother. Yeah. It's been yeah. a true honor for anybody listening in now and they want to get in touch with TM. Obviously, the social lab is a podcast. TM Hyman across the board, right? Instagram, Clubhouse. What's your website? Um, Clubhouse. Um, well, you can find me on IG. So you okay. find me on Instagram, TM Hyman, um, Clubhouse, TM Hyman. Uh, this leadership on demand is the, the new, I think, Ooh. thing, right? I mean, I held a four hour room Come yesterday, on. would like, didn't even try, right? I had to shut it down. Come on. Uh, and so, leadership on demand, as well as Money Talks by JIE. Um, mm. Those are uh, two projects that I'm really focused on right now. But, uh, man, so many things. I mean, I've launched new businesses, but hit me up. DM me on Instagram. That's probably the easiest. And, and give me some time because I'm trying to catch up because the DMs, <laughs> I don't know what you're it's doing. It's a game. It's hard, right? DMs, they, they explode. It's so and you bring great. them down, then they explode again. So, yes, sir. <laughs> but that's Such a good thing. Times. That's a good problem. That's a good it problem. Is. It is. It's a blessing. Hey, I love so, you, my friend. Hey, love you too. I love you so much. I, I did it before, and this was supposed to be a blowing of a kiss if you're watching, but I also went to salute you at the same time because at Grow for God, I was like on mission. I feel like you're a fellow general. And so it's an honor so to much. stand with you. Yeah. I'm absolutely. so excited for, for Grow for God 2022. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, me too. I'm so excited. Yeah. Me too. Me too. All right. Countdown's on, y'all. See you there. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.